You're listening to Filling the Storehouse Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. What's up, Storehouse Tribe? Hey, this is Stu. And uh, hey, I just wanted to hit on one of the tenets of this podcast, uh, Financial Freedom. David and I honestly think that um, the best way to get to financial freedom is through real estate investing. We've been uh, investing in real estate for quite some time. And um, one of the coolest things about real estate is uh, the relationships that, uh, that we are able to create. Um, we basically use partners on every single deal that we do, um, both in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for our, our turnkey rental company, and through some of our bigger deals, you know, we've done some stuff, uh, some commercial properties here in Colorado where we live and, and we're looking to do more. Um, so if that's something that sounds of interest to you, we'd love to uh, kind of tell you what, what we got going on, what we're doing. Um, we're looking for more partners. We love building relationships and having, um, you know, that, that trust with, with our partners and, and the ability to offer opportunities uh, to, to invest alongside with us. Um, if that's something of interest, hey, reach out to us. We'd love to jump on the phone. We'd love to jump on a Zoom call, tell you what we're up to. Um, you can reach out to us through uh, social media channels. You can hit us up on LinkedIn. You can hit us up on Facebook. Well, hit up me on Facebook. Don't, don't hit up David. Uh, you can send us an email. Um, you can go to our website, storehouse310turnkey, and uh, go to the Contact Us page. Send us an email at podcast at storehouse310turnkey. Any of those options, reach out. Let's talk real estate, and we'd love to tell you what we're, what we're up to. Um, enjoy this episode. Most importantly, go fill your storehouse. See you. All right, so um, here we are on Filling the Storehouse podcast. We're like 15 minutes behind schedule, and uh, J-Rob jumped on. He's like, oh, hey, I'm having some te- technical difficulties. I'm like, don't worry, dude. We're going to have lots of technical difficulties when David jumps on. And hey. We're 15 minutes in and we've had lots of technical difficulties. We've had dog issues, mic issues, brain issues. So let me just, let me just highlight a couple of things to make, oh. make sure that there's text of this. So it also started with Stu using his, his camera, which is completely unfocused, uh, putting it up his nose basically. <laughs> and uh, so he's having technical difficulties there. <clears throat> Second, he he preempted this entire conversation with, "Hey, my internet's kind of in and out. Hopefully, I don't drop the entire podcast, which would be you know a huge waste of everybody's time." So, thank <laughs> you for that, Stu. And then I uh, also want to highlight uh, J. Rob, not my not my word. He actually, because Stu's video wasn't working, said, "Wow, you can hear how ugly Stu is through the mic." Like, <laughs> that was really interesting. That was really interesting. So, anyhow. Yeah. But, but great intro, Stu. Great welcome, intro. Welcome to Filling the Starhouse podcast. Where we build each other up. A very positive show. <laughs> J-Rob. It's good to see you, my friend. Yes. Man, How are you? J-Rob. Oh, privilege to be here. Yeah, you guys are awesome. No, man. We're excited for you, dude. I, what I thought was funny about his story, but you know, J-Rob is a Navy SEAL, and he's like, yeah, I don't know why you guys have me on the show, but I haven't really lived an interesting life. I'm like, dude... The fact that you, uh, I mean, there, there's a ton of interest and interesting things just in the fact that you were a SEAL, which is just a small part of who you are. Um, I think you have a fascinating story. You have 
a ton of challenges. You have a very unique family story as well that we'll get into. You have a lot going on uh, and, and just the mission and the ministry that you're doing now and, and all the things that you're doing that I, I actually, I'm trying to think of that's not interesting in your life right now. I think that would be a little bit easier, but it's pretty difficult. So yeah, dude, in his, welcome. In his bio, Tell us about his, yourself, man. We're excited. In his bio real fast in his bio, he says that, uh, you know, at leading, you know, small groups of, 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 uh, you know, high performing people. And then he's leading now larger groups of people. And he said that humility and discipline are the key aspects to leading people. So I think he's showing that, that, uh, in true aspect of, of coming out here with the, with the humility of, of Jake Roberts. So Jake over to you, man, if you could give us our, give us your story. Who is the Jake Roberts? <laughs> Roberts, any WWF fans out there? Yeah. Um, Hey, thanks guys. It really is an honor and a privilege. And I do mean that, um, that, <clears throat> Sometimes I, I wonder why I get invited to do some of these things, because when you live a life in naval special warfare, as one admiral used to put it, you, you serve with heroes. And I don't count myself among those, but I've seen it. And I've, I've been around incredible courage. And um, yeah, it's been an honor of a lifetime. But uh, yeah, just a little bit about me originally. I was born in the Bay Area. My dad was a P3 pilot. <clears throat> moved up to Vancouver, Washington when I was five. And that's kind of where I lived out the rest of my high school days and whatnot. And then went to the Academy in 97 and graduated in 2001, playing soccer all the way through, um, big soccer nut. And so I, I know we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, and I was fortunate enough by the skin of my teeth, get a billet to Bud's, um, with that class of 2001, checked into Buds on 9-11, watched the planes fly through the towers, and we can all remember where we were on that day. And so I knew in that moment that things were going to be different, certainly for me. And I didn't need any more motivation to get through Buds, but there it was. <clears throat> the Team 5 in 2003, March 2003, the weekend after shock and awe, we started bombing Baghdad. And then two weeks later, I was in Kuwait. And then I was on a uh, MH53 Pavlo, um, one of six. Um, so by, and that was early April. So checked into T5 mid-March. By early April, I was already on a helo uh, north of Baghdad doing my first combat operation. And I didn't, I was pinching myself because I didn't know how I got there. Then was forced to pick up a platoon. I would do five more deployments in basically six years from 2003 to 2009. A few to Iraq, one to Afghanistan, and uh, one to the Southern Philippines. But did have enough time to meet my beautiful bride, the former Miss Erin Fayak of Chico, California. And uh, man, things started, my priorities started shifting when that happened, you know. And so <clears throat> still did another deployment and we left San I went to Monterey. And then our family had our first kid, Cade. And then, man, another page turned and priorities kept shifting. Moved to Guam. Um, had our second kid, Callum. He's, he's the pistol in the family. He was, uh, we got to the hospital and less than an hour later, he was out because he wanted to show the world who he was. 
and rains today. And then Guard Germany lived there a couple of years as EXO of a naval unit. And then it was around that time um, after having been picked up for some milestone positions that we chose to go an alternate route with our career. And I went to a reserve center in Spokane, Washington, and just was, was the commanding officer there. Um, had our third kid in Spokane and then back down to San Diego to be the CEO of SEAL Team 17, which is reserve team, and then finished up my career as a chief staff officer. And somewhere all throughout that story is more stories. And, um, and one of them is the kind of the transition story. And man, what, what do you do next as a dad? How do you, how do you make, make good decisions? So you're going to be around for your family. You work so hard. You've been away. You want to, you want to be that guy for the family. You want to for your wife. How are you going to provide things? And I just had a, a nagging, uh, not a, a real pull towards ministry. Um, I go to a church down here in Ocean. It's called Ocean View Church in San Diego, and um, it's a pretty cool story. I'll I'll try to get through it real quick. But um, they've got a <clears throat> a little over ten acres behind the church that they've been praying about for several years. And the lead pastor here, his name's Steve Boshin, um, had had experience in sports ministry before at his church in Missouri, where uh, they worked with Major League Baseball. Uh, they turned one field into four fields, um, 10 teams into 54 teams. And it was all right there on church property, all away to like, you know, an outreach to the community. Um, so people come, they experience a great league where it's character first faith-based but character really is the high point and then they see a church and they start asking questions about what that um one of the mottos or the phrases is we're trying to get them across the parking lot so um so he's always had that on his heart um when he saw this this property in san diego and man he i was in his bible study group and I knew they, they had tried to do some leagues in the past. It just hadn't really um, Then COVID hit and they just weren't able to get that traction. And so I knew what they were trying to do. And at one point I told my wife and I only told her, I said, man, Aaron, I think probably the only thing that could keep us in San Diego, because my family's up in Vancouver, Washington, still we're thinking about retiring. And again, my wife's kind of got some health issues. And so Man, it just makes sense. My my mom and dad are fire and forget grandparents. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're moving. My brother's there, cousins, everything. Why would we stay in San Diego? But I said, Aaron, I think the only thing that could probably keep us in San Diego is if Pastor Steve asked me to lead this effort. And it was probably a week or two later, he gives me a call. He's like, hey, how about a cup of coffee, Jake? <laughs> and the... We, we met on a Friday, the Thursday before we met. So we had already planned it out. I didn't exactly know what he wanted to talk about. The Thursday before we met, there was uh, a gal from this, it's the Crutes Camp Foundation, a local gal here that um, her husband passed away, but they did well. In, and they just love serving the community. Um, 
man, she said, remember that, remember that conversation we had, Pastor Steve, a while back with donating money and, and I like what you're doing with the sports park. And Pastor Steve was like, yep, yep. And then she goes, well, you know, COVID's been tough. And then you could almost hear his heart dropping a little bit. And she said, and you know how we were talking about kind of the strings attached where you needed to raise some money too? And he's like, yeah. She's like, well, I'm just going to give you a million dollars, no strings attached. And he tells me that on Friday. And I'm like, that's awesome. Okay. There's something going wow, on dude. here. And, and over time, it was a wrestling match with my heart. You know, you know, Jake, the word Jake, uh, the name Jacob Goody wrestling with God. Right. So that's, yep. that's certainly what I was doing over the course of several months. But then we got connected with this church in Phoenix, Christ church of the Valley who was a church that started with 600 kids, one field, one, one church that has now grown into 15 sites. And they put about 20,000 kids through a sports ministry program a year. And to go see it, the guy, um, Harry and Nick Demos were the guys that started it. And what incredible mentorship they provided, what incredible vision that, you know, I believe the Lord, connected me with to see what was within the realm of the possible and then you know I, i'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more goody but then it was around that time that you sent me that article the gospel coalition with uh, coach mills and then i was just like dude that's awesome that guy rocks that for the for the audience coach mills is the head basketball coach at oral roberts university and they are the ones that had the cinderella story at last year's uh, march madness tourney I was inspired by that article you sent me. And then, so I cold called him basically and had a conversation so, hey, with him. I love that. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to like just gloss over that. You, you cold yeah. called one of the <laughs> most famous coaches in one of the most famous, you know, he became, I mean, he had, a, he had a history, but, yeah. but he became, as you said, he was the story in the NCAA tournament which is like one of the most widely things i mean it, i thought i loved that because you called me we talked about that and you're like oh yeah so i reached out and i just gave him a call i'm like what yeah you called like people don't realize it's like calling like oh hey, i'm just gonna give uh, mike krzyzewski a call just you know i'm gonna dial <laughs> the front office of uh, duke and just see if i can get him like i love that story but anyways go on please yeah well the cool thing was that i mean he invested in me and and again this is another the rabbit hole but you guys and anybody in the sure who's ever been a part of an athletic team remembers some of those coaches just like you remember some of those teachers and so what he did with me that day is just what he does with his athletes you know he just poured a little bit of investment into me and he told me the story where he was in business he loved the game of basketball and he just felt like the lord was pulling on him to to really get jump into basketball and be that fatherly figure that he felt kids the inner city where he grew up he prayed a prayer one night he just said lord you know my heart and he prayed that prayer and then the phone rang and it was an offer of not not nothing huge but it was something that was going to get he and his wife through the next step and that's it's it was such a testimony to me on how the Lord works in our lives that I mean, it doesn't, 
doesn't always work where he gives you everything, but he gives you what you need, gives you enough. And so I was like, you know, I was inspired by that. And so I prayed that prayer too. I was like, Lord, you know, my heart. And pretty soon thereafter, I called up Pastor Steve and said, all right, I'm in. So um, that's what I'm, that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm the Ocean View Sports Park Director. So we've got, again, over 10 acres that we're trying to develop. We're using that million dollar donation to, to build out phase one, which is going to be an arena out the field. Um, and we've started up a sports ministry that we're calling WAVES. And wait, the acronym is Winning a Victory of Eternal Significance. And shirts are coming, so I'm going to get you guys some swag soon. But nice. um, so it's like it's kind of two hats. Ocean View Sports Park trying to develop that to be something that for the community, a place, it's a venue where people can come. And then the the program is waves that can be scaled however the Lord wants to bless it. But that's like the the sports league is is waves. So here we are. Dude, I, Stu, I'll, uh, I, I, I've been talking, so I want to turn over to you for a question. But, man, that's, that's, that's kind of scary. J-Rob, it's all good. <laughs> I'll just tell you, man, there's so much there. And, like, I'm, I'm like, sitting here taking notes, changing pens out because pens aren't working for me. And, and I'll tell you, dude, you know, one more of the things that – Or technical difficulties. Yeah, de- you know, old school te- technical difficulties. But I um, – before uh, we go on, I just – I love – and we're going to touch on this topic – again and again, especially with you is the intentionality of, of, of all these things, like the, the prioritization, the reprioritization and the intentionality. And cause I think a lot of people would be afraid to take the steps, you know, to reach out to call a D one coach, you know, especially after he's, you know, hit the, you know, hit the, hit the pinnacle of, of, uh, of, of sports. And, and I just, I love, I love all of it, but Stu over to you for what I'm sure is a very insightful, excellent question. It's gonna be an amazing question. Uh, I mean, J. Rob, dude, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm also inspired by just the, your story in general. But you know, going going through like 20, 21 years of naval service and being in the SEAL teams, and you know, pushing pushing like the human condition to like the the utmost uh, like almost impossible kind of achievements, right? Like, and, and you seen this elite group of, of people just, you know, always performing at, at a high level. And I'm curious how you take that and then go put that into, you know, young kids playing soccer and, and spreading the word of Jesus through that. You know what I'm saying? Like how, how do you take something like such an elite group like that and then use that to do what you're doing now? Yeah. Thanks, Stu. So one of the, we call them goals of the program. We have three goals and they're basically guardrails, values, kind of whatever you want to call them, but we kind of go with the theme goals, right? Yeah. Character, competition, and community. Mm. So when I think of your question, I think of competition Yeah. because I do understand what it's like to honestly pursues excellence. I totally get that. And, and now I'm in a recreational league where you don't see, you know, top-notch soccer and, and maybe people aren't showing up on time for practice and things like kids aren't showing up on time for practice, or maybe they're not focused on listening to the coach and doing the drill as prescribed. So how do I make 
I reconcile those two things because I have done the name with incredible high performing dudes. And then how do I bring that into this new arena? And I would say it's, it's the competition. What can I be doing every day in my life to pursue excellence and bring in an incredible product? So are, how am I investing in my coaches? How am I building the team of volunteers? How, how being with them? How am I, how do the uniforms look? How am I coordinating that? Are the uniforms going to be on time? What kind of events am I planning to build momentum? How am I advertising? How, how am I looking, working with the staff and, and building out synchronization meetings or something like that, which a church staff is not used to doing. <laughs> so, um, and, and then we get billboards up, we get Facebook ads, we get Instagram going, we get uh, public school flyers through Peach Jar. So it, you still can bring the same mentality into whatever environment you're in, but, it's, but you have to do it with grace, that's for sure. Because now I'm in a world where it's, it's not a bunch of alpha males like pit bulls, sled dogs, just like I don't even have to up there just going you know so it, it's it's a little bit different i do it with a ton of grace a ton of humility god's got me here my pastor here calls it god and you know my favorite quote on humility is it's not about thinking less of yourself it's about thinking of yourself less and you probably goody you've probably heard me say that it's c.s lewis and c.s lewis also goes on to say perfect humility dispenses with modesty so and that's because have confidence like god gave you these gifts god built me the way he is god there and we're here even though i don't think my hey i i got confidence so i'm going to show up for podcast you know what i'm saying so i would say you, you bring all those things and with grace and humility and you just go i hope that answers the question that's Eddie. an awesome answer dude i i love that because i think sometimes we you know, that again, the intentionality of that is, is we bring our excellence to whatever the situation is. I think a lot of times we, you know, you see this in teams all the time, but you, you live up to your competition or you live up to, um, or you play down to, uh, and I'm not saying, you know, sense that the folks you're working with is, but it's a different level, right? Like the, the organization, the discipline, the, all the stuff, it, it, it is, it is a different level. And I think, like you said, dispel with modesty, you know, the, the, the Navy special warfare community is elite. It is full of, I mean, we just had a seal on, I think uh, this, you know, this, the show that just went out yesterday, a classmate of ours, Pat, um, you know, he talked about how their class started with like, I don't know, I can't remember the numbers. It was crazy people and, you know, a hundred or 203 like or 210 of those. Yeah. 50 and then like 235 of those people rang the like 17 people graduate like something you know and which you're very clearly um uh familiar with but but i think you know when you come from that and you bring that level of intensity but but grace added in to kind of you know uh, level the field a little bit i think you're you're bringing up everybody else around you and i think it's amazing to to do that right i think a lot of times we you know i think back to like school where it you know especially on sports teams like oh how'd you do on the test oh man i barely passed and like that's cool right like mediocrity is cool 
like the guy that's like, Hey man, I aced it. I smoked it. And they're like, Oh, you're a nerd whatever. But, but it's, it's having the confidence to rise above the, the expectations and the cool factor to be that a game. And I love that dude. I love how you're bringing that. And I know your team is benefiting from it. I know they're benefiting from it. Not only in the lessons of grace, but, but dude, I, I you know, I, when we talk, you're, you're with seals, like you're always trying to impress, you're always trying to impress them. Like, it's just natural because the level that you know that they're at, right. And you kind of look like a dork. You know, a lot of times, well, Stu does, right? He looks like a he looks like a dork. He's like, oh, I could do push-ups. No, you can't, dude. Shut up. But, but I think, but I think to be able to also bring that grace into there and to, to raise a team up is 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 such a beautiful illustration. And and question, you know, why why what is it about sports that that is so powerful? Not only in you know from the perspective of being the lead you know, basically running sports for the church, you're also ingraining or being integrated into the staff and impacting them. But there's also the, 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 the use of sports as a ministry. And I'm just curious, why does it, why is it so powerful? Why does it transcend all these barriers? Yeah, I definitely want to get to that. But first on the, on the grace thing, I would, I also got to make sure that I, I let you guys know and the audience, I mean, there's been a ton of grace extended to me as a guy coming in, the new guy, full of energy, not knowing how systems work, how, how the backside of church works. And they've just been incredible with me. And uh, so I just want to make sure that that goes both ways. Um, in terms of the sports thing, I mean, I just, you know, I, I got to talk from personal experience. And I, I know you guys, too. There's just something about sports that brings out the best and the worst of you. And it teaches just life lessons. These kids, I remember with my oldest kid and the first time he got scored on, he lost his mind. (laughs) He absolutely lost his mind. And so it's like from, from that day forward, it's like, you know, I, I remember being in that moment. I'm like, Kate, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to respond? Are you going to continue to throw the fit that you're throwing? He was four. It's like, how do you, how do you talk to a four-year-old about throwing a fit after getting scored on? But somehow, some way, I don't know how we were able to get our, I was able to get the message across. And he, but he understood that. And he turned around, got the ball, dribbled it through the other team and scored his first goal. And so, and then in that moment, I was able to be like, or Kate, that is the way you respond, bud. Great work. And so there's just so many of those, so many life lessons. And I, that you guys all know, anybody in the audience, you guys totally know. And so I, I guess I would say that's, you know, kind of baseline with sports and why I think those are important, why I think it's a, such a huge part of our American culture. Um, everybody, lo- America loves a winner. Um, so, I mean, sports, and sports is an easy way to measure. Um, but when you start thinking about now, um, man, there's so many parallels and so much you can get. 
through that sport. Sorry, I think my batteries. Can you guys hear me? Um, so when we talk about winning a victory of eternal significance in the Waves program, we're reframing winning. Goody, one of the things that we talked about yesterday was kids play sports. And there's a study done a handful of years ago. And they asked these kids, why do you, why? they said, number one reason, everybody in the audience already knows to have fun. Okay, got it. Well, what does fun mean to you? They asked the kids a second question, 81 different reasons or ways that kids described how they have fun. And guess where winning was on that list? 48th. The top three things were kids actually want to come and work hard. They want a, a, a positive, they want a positive coach. Has nothing with what sport you're playing, has everything to do with the environment that you create. And so in that way, an incredible, what an incredible model that you have as a coach, an authority figure to represent the love of Jesus Christ to these kids. You don't even have to say the word Jesus, but they see what that model is like, because, you know, I believe you guys believe that every single human being on this planet Earth is created in his image. And so there's something planted on their hearts that sees what it's like to, to love unconditionally, see what it's like to come prepared, to see what it's like to have a, a bit of a commanding presence, but also to see what it's like also see what it's like to invest in kids through how to learn a sport so that they're thinking through how to be resilient. And then there's a church across the parking lot. <laughs> you know, so I love that goal. Get them across the parking lot. Um, yeah. Hey, J Rob, I love that. And, and I think you hit on a, a, a great point as well is there are lessons in sports and there's things that the kids expect. And I think we, as adults, we lose that. And what, condition that as we get older you know it, you know it doesn't matter unless you win or you know if you're not performing if you're not the top on the team or we do all these weird things as parents to like set our kids up to to um whether it's holding them back a grade so that they can be better than their you know peers or or and, and the reasoning behind that stuff is it varies right i'm not saying that's good or bad inherently but i think we lose sight of the resistance that you gain of the teamwork that you gain of impact of a good coach on your life that you gain so many things. And I, and I just love that the picture that you just painted, because I think we, as parents lose sight of that. And I think we also lose sight of, I think that one of the most damaging things we do is give everybody a trophy. And it's not this whole millennial generational debate thing it has nothing to do with that. Uh, it has to do with the fact that there is power in knowing that you lost and can get better to do something about it and to get a trophy. And that's what I love about wrestling. When I, dude, it is absolutely 1000%. No ambiguity. Like one dude's hand is raised. One dude's hand is raised and the other one stays down and it is, it is visceral. And you know, there's no way around that. You can't get a trophy for that. But, but I, I think we lose sight of the true power of sports and allowing our children to lose and allowing them to have these lessons and then and then also graciously 
because we're losing that ability and to have the humility to, to not, you know, talk and bad mouth, all that kind of stuff. So I, I think that's a great analogy for life and then business as well. Right. Like Stu and I can attest, you know, Stu preach on it. Like our businesses are not all successful. We don't always win, but I'll tell you the lessons and the losses are more important and more powerful than the lessons and the victories. Yeah, man. Yeah. Amen. I think you, you hit it out of the park there. I mean, if you want to win at something, or if you want a certain result and you don't achieve that result, then what are you going to do to adapt and overcome and get, get on the, on the path that you want to get on in order to achieve that result. And yeah, sports is a great way to teach kids what that feels like and what needs to change in their behavior, change in their routine in order to make that team. I remember one of the most powerful moments in my life for my first soccer team. And it being cut from my first soccer team put me I was able to play at a, I was able to play at a somewhat elite level. I mean, I played D1 college, but the cool thing was I got to, to kind of be in the same sphere with people that you saw playing on the world cup. And I was, you know, passing the ball to them and just watching them go. But it was because I got cut from that first soccer team that made me realize, okay. It kind of makes me want to, want to, get involved with uh you know like some team sports again like as an adult like I, I actually have like on my on my vision to you know to do something i haven't done before i mean I, I played soccer as a kid but i think it'd be super fun to go play you know an adult league uh, soccer team and just i mean i'm gonna suck but it'd still be a lot of fun to to go play and get beat up and and get beat and have that team camaraderie again because i think i think as we get older we 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 start to lose that. We start to miss, miss out on that a lot. So, and I think also like, it'd be cool for, you know, your kids to come, you know, to watch you as an adult go and play and have fun and get defeated and get beat up. And um, so it's, it's on my list of uh, to do items. Once I'm healed with my shoulder here, I keep on using this thing as an excuse, but, uh, but I'll, I'll get there. Well, someday. And the good thing about your kids too, is that they're what's, what's naturally built into you is the, is the fact, right like and i think it's a for your children to see like how constantly just get like the tar kicked out of him and then you know come back for more and like never win but still be gracious about it you know what i'm saying like i think it's beautiful yeah you're funny you're so funny jay rob what um you know speaking of like uh the the waves program and and you know the church like what what's needed right now? Like what, what do you guys need? You know, maybe, maybe someone in, in you know, our, our, our audience, someone listening, like could help. Like what, what is needed right now for, you know, to, to get this program, like really off and running and, and growing. Yeah. The man, I would say first foremost is prayer for city permits. We've been waiting on those for several months now to actually start breaking ground. I mean, the firm, the construction firm's ready to go, man. Um, money's in place, materials. We just can't get the city permits, and you know that's a it's a relationship God thing. So I would first and foremost, and then 
what we see. And then I would just, yeah, I would just say, um, continuing to build momentum, not only in terms of a volunteer base, but also developing out the rest of the sports park, um, which we've, we've started. It's a, it's a campaign, um, trying ways to generate, um, funds to do that. What we've seen so far with the energy and the desire with the location that we have, man, get some sports lighting up there. And this thing is going to just explode, not only in terms of uh, a sports program, could be multi-sport, but also, again, as I was talking earlier, a couple different hats. One's the, the waves and the other is the sports park itself. How can that be a beacon for the and if we can continue to make progress in developing this sports park out and we're talking you know christian concerts we're talking job fair you know whatever um some sort of public private partnership uh south bay san diego invitationals you know i mean there's there's so much potential for people to drive start asking questions championship football game so just developing out that sports park i think is is i'm going to keep you know whirling the dervish of of waves and that's going to be incredible because that's impacting lives and that's that's where the focus needs to be um but i think in terms of need and things that are outside our span of control mostly it's it's how do we develop um you know, the sports park out. Now, do you guys actively have, I mean, we can, we can, uh, I'd love to, you know, be advertising and, and pushing stuff for you guys, but do you guys have active, is there an actively ongoing, you know, giving and, and uh, fundraising and all the, the campaigns to really get this thing, um, you know, as you, as you guys continue to develop and need resources, you know, continuing that ball rolling? I would say it's, it's, active to the point that they've brought me on board and it's, it's active to the point that we have um, we have one website dedicated to the sports park itself and and a separate 501c3 called the ocean view community Foundation. Uh, they've established um, but i have but we haven't really uh, gone through next steps in terms of coming up with a, you know, a timeline of events, a sequence of events to really um, strategize around how we develop it. So to the degree that, uh, of time that I have available, I've applied for grants. Um, I'm continuing to apply for grants. Um, example, I know that there's some Chick-fil-A has actually sponsored a couple uh, arena fields in the area. Um, U.S. soccer will partner with an organization um, to help out with sports lighting and help out with arena fields. Um, so I'm pursuing those things um, as time allows, but I have, it's, it's not like um, it's, it's not a big camp organized campaign at this point. What about, um, you know, I, I know you had mentioned uh, to us before, you know, just like, just like things like, you know, soccer cleats for kids, and mm -hmm. uniforms and shin guards and you know 
coaches and volunteers. Like I'm assuming, you know, some of that stuff is highly needed as well. Correct. It is. I mean, the, this, the area, the South Bay San Diego area is often said it's kind of the, the, the forgotten about part of San Diego. Yeah. Um, about 30, I think over 30% of, of people in South Bay San Diego do not have their high school degree equivalent. About 40% are living in economic hardship, which about 20% of, of that category is actually below the poverty line. And then there's uh, almost 40% of families are in a single parent um, environment. So moms and dads, you know the deal. I mean, can you imagine leading your family without your wife? Um, nope. Nope. So how, how, how do we help out those moms, help out those dads that are just trying to make and trying to find a place for their son or daughter to come that they know is a good, positive, safe environment um, because they can't afford cleats to your point they can't afford the cleats they can't afford the shin guards so um, fortunately people have been donating some of those things have been coming in um, people have been donating um, money for scholarships we've been able to hand out a, a handful of scholarships for the season already um, registration price point is uh, about 20 or 30 bucks cheaper the thing in the area. So I think the, the YMCA is, is always the cheapest option. And we're, we're coming under that by 20 or 30 bucks. And so that's a goal of the program is to make it um, accessible for people. And here's the deal too, with the scholarship, man, we don't, we don't ask for financial statements. We don't ask for any of that because we think that if you're willing to humble yourself enough and reach out to me, say, hey, I'm just having a hard time, but we love what you're doing. We want our kid to be a part of something. Then I have that conversation with you and say, okay, what is it you think you can do? And then we go from there and that's it. And nobody has abused that up to this point. So um, yeah, there's absolutely a need. And um, you know, I have, I have that, <laughs> I have the way to direct that, you know, but um, but it's, it's important. It's a, it's a tough area, but man, we're seeing God on the move here. And so it's exciting, you know? Yeah, man. I think it's so. crazy. You're uh, it just seems like I was talking to you yesterday while well, we we're talking yesterday, but it seems like just yesterday that you're like, Oh, I'm really struggling with uh, you know, what I'm going to do if I'm going to go into this church thing. And then, and now you're like, yeah, man, I'm dealing with the, you know, the, the, this and the, that and the staff and the dude, I love it. Like you've just completely, like you look completely comfortable and right at home, uh, not, not comfortable in a, in a, in a, uh, you know, a way that is not stretching you. That is very clear. It's you're being stretched, but, but I love it, man. You're, this is a, it looks like a calling. So that's, I just wanted to highlight that. Cause it's just, it's just striking me as you're talking through all these things that you're developing. I'm like, man, this guy's taking the reins and, and gone full war. Hey, I, I also, before we, uh, um, I, I don't want to miss, I don't want to, there's another thing that you're super passionate about for obvious reasons. And I don't want to, I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to bring awareness to, um, you know, to uh, donors and, 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 you know, the medical, the medical issues that you guys are, are, are currently in the midst of. And, and I, I just want to bring some awareness to that. And, and if you don't mind just touching on, on your story a little bit, and then how 
we uh, collectively can support and, and be more aware of, of this uh, very real, real problem. Yeah. Thanks, Goody. It's, um, it's, so it's one of those things that always is a touches, touches my heart. Of course, um, it's very close to me. My wife was diagnosed with a, a terminal liver disease uh, back in December, 2018. And she is on the liver transplantation list. We're since 2018, our life has been, she's kind of, her health has degraded over time. Um, it was pretty crazy there in December. She had had a biopsy and we were in and out of the ER like three different times during that Christmas season. Um, she turned, she looked like a Simpson character at one point. Um, she turned so yellow and it was just, it's heart wrenching when you see someone you love so much, uh, just not able to find any comfort at all whatsoever. And there's nothing as men, there's nothing that you can do. And that's like, when you feel like that's probably some of the worst times. If you ever remember back in your life, when you're, you have an inability to take action and fix something, man, it just drives you crazy. And so that that's been the lesson that I've been learning over time, over and over again, along with kind of, suffering and why and all that sort of stuff so um yeah that's that was one of the things that um i, I guess i should just describe what it is so it, the liver disease is called primary bilial cholangitis and um what pbc is is it's a it's some sort of gene in her gut got altered and they think it's usually through some sort of infection and it mutates a gene and they don't know why and they don't know where exactly the gene is, but it messes with the bile ducts in the liver and it creates an inflammation to the point where those bile ducts cease to work. They can become so inflamed and they close up. And then barring the uh, final stage three, early stage four for um, scarring, and um, they used to think that it, before it was diagnosed as PVC, they used to just think it was people that were alcoholics would come in. And so they didn't really give it attention for a number of years because they just chalked it up to people with bad behavior. Um, so that's, that's not the case, thankfully, anymore. And there's medicine that she takes that helps prolong her, her life, essentially. Um, but now we're in the process, one of the, one of the crazy aha god moment things was as we talked about that transition point to to step into sports ministry around that same point in time at with university of california san diego who happens to have a living liver donor department decided that they were going to put her on the transplant list and that she was going to become a candidate all around the same time and so it was just like and there's only a handful of, of those departments around the country, and there's not one back in the Northwest. So it's like, man, okay, we're going to say yes, or we're going to say this is where you want us. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop wrestling with you, 
and I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. And so since then, um, we've been through three donors. I've gone through the final stages of testing. They haven't been found suitable. And it's, it's this roller coaster ride where you get up for it, you get excited. Um, you're praying nonstop and, and it doesn't work out and you just kind of got to rebase on yourself and, and keep one step forward, just like getting through hell week, one, one step at a time. Uh, the blessing has been how we are essentially to the hospital staff through this, how they've, the hospital staff now is at this point where they're like, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, you know, it's, we, we are full of people right now. We can't handle as many people that have stepped forward to volunteer and be a living donor. And we're excited to meet saying this, we're excited for this because um, we've never seen, never seen as many people step forward and we just know what she'll lady my wife is so yeah sorry she she is amazing we've had we've definitely had our our lows and um but man she's determined she's determined to be an incredible wife and and mom and so we're still grateful we're thankful and um we know it's gonna um one of the one of the latest developments is with medical center um, they're going to actually take a they do way more surgeries a year with uh with the actual living donor for the liver and um they think some of the disqualifiers that happened at, at ucsd um they've done some next level stuff with vascular re reconstruction of the liver and uh, so they're going to take a look at and review some of the imaging so we're hopeful that um it's going to happen soon but thanks for yeah, man, I, I think uh, both students are hesitant to come off mute because which one can <laughs> which one of us could talk through tears better? <laughs> yeah, I think from Sorry experience. About that. No, dude, I, I talk love it about my wife. You know, no, I, I I love it, man. I um, and that's why I wanted to bring it up because I think, you know, we have a small group of dudes that we uh are are working with and and hang out with and and really and you're. And I love the vulnerability, but also like just the speaking the power of, of the truth of, of the situation and, and people understanding. And then just the, I mean, dude, it's your wife, man. You love your wife and your family. And, and this is real life, you know? And I, and I think, and who knows, man, I just, I put it in God's hand, but who knows, maybe from our listeners, there's, there's opportunities that just talking about it and bringing, bringing awareness. Cause I'll be honest, I became a friend. Like I'm completely unaware of, I probably would have been a person that made an assumption about liver disease, uh, you know, eight months ago, a year ago, but, but it's just, it, I think it's really, um, powerful just to, to talk about and, and to understand man, real life is tough, dude. There, there are so many things that we can't account for. There's so many things that we put our faith in God to, to help us with. And, and it, there's people that care. And I love the fact that the surgeons are excited to meet your wife because of the outpouring of love and support for you guys, because of the people that you are, 
and 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 the impact that you guys make. So I just, uh, man, I'll, I'll, I will continue to keep Aaron and your family in, in, in our prayers and and just claiming in faith that that this is gonna, you know, that that it's gonna move forward and and it's gonna be awesome, man. So I uh, I appreciate you sharing and thank you for continuing to make me more aware and, and bring awareness to these things because you never know and it it can the more you understand and know these at least exposed when it happens maybe have friends as well and 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 at least now you know um there's action steps that can be taken so thank you for sharing yeah man and i and the reason you don't know that or you didn't know that right away and a lot of people don't and i'm not you know i'm just now kind of being becoming more comfortable talking about it is because you know like with paul um in the bible you know he didn't want his story to be about his thorn in the flesh. And, and we don't want that either. Um, but it is something that we're going through. It is part of life and people do want to pray and we do want to get this fixed. So again, it's not the, not meant to be the focus life. Just like you said, life, life is hard. Um, but man, it's, it's still been, I hesitate to say this, but there's still so many blessings that have come through it that we are so thankful for. So just want to make sure that I hit that, that point. Dude, I'm still trying to uh, wipe my tears away here, but uh, man, Dave and I feel, feel incredibly honored and blessed, uh, you know, to, to be, to be friends with you, to be within your network and to, uh, you know, hold each other, you know, lift each other up and, and hold each other accountable to, to being, uh, better men. Um, and so thank you for that, man. I, um, we're going to put all of your, all your links in, in our show notes. Um, you know, guys and gals reach out to Jake. Um, if this is something that, uh, that speaks to you, if you guys are in San Diego, if you're in Southern California, Hey, let's, let's get this, you know, let's get waves rocking and rolling. Let's get this, um, this whole sports complex going and, and let's, let's, uh, Let's make a difference. I love it, Jake. Amen. Yeah, and just remember, Jake, as you uh, continue to grow and influence in San Diego and our big baller, just remember the first podcast that you were on, okay? <laughs> That's right. Ace of beer for you guys, for sure. <laughs> and a Waves t-shirt. <laughs> and, and a Waves, waves t-shirt. t-shirt. That's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. All right, guys and gals, hey, uh, please, you know, share this. Um, you know, take a screenshot, sh- you know, post it on social medias. Um, give us some uh, five-star reviews, reach out to Jake and, um, Hey, most importantly, go fill your storehouse. Yeah. Thank you. Make it a great day. Friends. It was awesome. Thank you, J Rob. We love you, brother. You and, bet. uh, love man, it's awesome. Thank you. See you. See you. Thanks for listening to filling the storehouse. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and share it with someone you love. And if you really felt inspired, leave a five-star review so we could continue to grow and help other Christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse. If you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing, be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com. We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. Just click on the contact link and we'll reply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go for your storehouse and make it a great day.